for tuning in to Sisters, where we discuss lifestyle, love with lots of laughs. We're your girls, B and Z, Bree, hey. Nicole, What's going on? and Zahira, that's me. So, we're so excited today. We've been waiting to have this conversation. Um, but before we get there, I feel like we have to, we just can't go on without acknowledging the loss of DMX. Like, I know it's been a couple weeks now, but it's just a tremendous loss to the music world and just to humanity as a whole, like with everything that's going on, you know, our deepest condolences out to his family and all the fans that are impacted by this. And, you know, he's going to be missed and, you know, he struggled a lot and that's the the honest truth. And he was very open and candid about that. And some people were very um, unforgiving of him. You know, every, every time somebody passed away, everybody's like, Oh, he was a saint. Uh, you know, this, this, mm-hmm. this, but they forget the things that they were saying about him. And then that like New York post article that came out with the yeah. woman deciding that that was the perfect time to talk about his foreclosures and <laughs> like mm-hmm. all that kind of craziness. And it's just, we're constantly getting bombarded with all of this anxiety written stuff. Like, you know, we're we, now we have a new shooting, a new police shooting in Minnesota. We have all this stuff going on. And I think that, this is like the perfect time to be on par with talking about, you know, finally free, get your copy, finally free from perfect mm-hmm. peace to perfect storm, because you talk about something very specific in your chapter one that I think is appropriate to what we're all facing right now. And that's, you know, the suffering in silence. Um, I think we're all guilty of it. I think DMX was, you know, probably having his moments of suffering in silence. So, you know, I just want to kick it off to you um, and kind of tell us what that means to you. And, you know, I know you really understood the depths of how you were feeling about it. No. And that's where I think set my life apart from who was supposed to be in it and who okay. wasn't. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, people who knew me intimately knew my relationship with my daughter. But yeah. people like, you know, I met at work or, you know, later in my life, mm-hmm. I just said, that's my daughter. Because, yeah. again... You never know what part someone's going to play in your life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have people say that, well, maybe this is God's way of saying that she shouldn't be in your life anymore. And I'm just like, you know, if I, if that's my biological daughter, would anyone come out there and say that? So it's, and that's why I think people suffer in silence too, because it's like you you open up and then either someone like smacks you in the face with an insensitive comment or they don't know how to show empathy. So you rather just internalize it. So I feel like, you know, sometimes, People don't know how to show up for some people, but I still think it's worth trying, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that I expect people to knock on my door every day, but, you know, people don't really know how much just the encouraging text I got, whether I responded or not, but just knowing that people were praying for me. People who were praying for me that I didn't even know they were praying for me. But it's like, you know, I do believe that God placed certain angels in my life during that dark period. Yeah, yeah. I read something on Facebook today, and it said something about you – you, you're quick to, uh, some people are quick to write people off mm-hmm. because they haven't checked on them, they haven't called them, but you have no idea the hell that they're going through. Right. And nobody checked on them. You just mad at them because they didn't check on, check right. on you. That's right. true, because you make it about yourself. Yeah. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So take us back to January 5th, 2017, because you describe that as kind of the day that changed your life forever. So, mm-hmm. you know. You know what? This is what I got to do. It yeah. might not be easy if you have to go to therapy for it, if you have to talk to some people for it. Like, don't, you can, you can. You can. Yeah. And you, in, a, in the moment, mm-hmm. it feels like it. Like, you know, yeah. you just like, the, I can't, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why I say, and like I said, and I don't ever, you know, pretend to be overly religious or spiritual, mm-hmm. but I do believe, like, as long as you just have, like, a mustard seed of faith, like, anything yeah. is possible. And, um, you know, and whatever's meant to be would happen, but you cannot at least... You owe it to yourself to just try. Because yeah. you, you never know how strong you are until you have no other mm-hmm. option. Yeah. I think I, for our listeners' purposes, too, 
you ended up being able to um, retain some visitation and all of that because of something called being an emotional parent, right? Psychological psychological parent, Mm -hmm. sorry. So what does that mean? Because some people might be going through this exact same thing and, you know, Mm -hmm. they feel like they don't have any rights because they are not the biological parent. They don't have any, you know, Mm -hmm. adoptive rights, like any of that. So, like, what is that, you know, as much as you know about it, like, what can you say about being a psychological parent? I'm glad you brought that up because that was true. I never knew that existed. Mm -hmm. So there's basically four criteria you have to fit in order to be a psychological parent. Um, You know, the, the parent, never be that woman. That girl friend that I knew, you know, would be just really want the best for me. Mm -hmm. But I really was taking his word over there. Then I'm like, Nicole, all the signs are there. Mm -hmm. But again, I didn't love myself Mm -hmm. enough to know that why am I accepting this? You know, so it just, it was crazy. And it's like, I never would have thought that at that age, I would be that moment when someone's calling me telling their man to come home, right? Mm. Yeah. And even in that moment, he's still denying it, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it's just crazy. But I, but then again, Coming to you as a woman conversation. Exactly. <laughs> so annoying. Right. Please don't. <laughs> I know you said that when she called you, you went numb. Yeah. And I, I could relate to that because that's a different feeling. You're it like, is. Like, I've known like, this person for what was it, four years? Four yeah. years. I think, I think most women might have been and have been in that situation. No. And if, if not, <laughs> in they some don't way. Admit, yes, in some, some type way. of way. Maybe not, mm-hmm. it would have stayed as long. And I yeah. honestly believe I wouldn't have stayed as long if mm-hmm. I wasn't going through what I was Whatever. going yeah, through. Yeah. Even that small little bit of support yeah. was helpful. And even I, you know, and now in hindsight, I can say if he did nothing more, mm-hmm. but he did an awesome job testifying in court. So I'm like, even if I had to go Maybe through all of that with him, okay. at least he was able to present okay. very well and like, you know, help my case. But yeah, that was, you know, yeah. I, and I, I mean, so bad to where I damn near finished his whole dissertation. And it's yeah. like, you hear that there's somebody out there who didn't write their dissertation. <laughs> So just know. Oh, the university day that I feel like be on alert. <laughs> it was Rowan University, actually. But, um, Narrowed it down. But I said all that to say, like, you know, when you're constantly seeking external validation, like, yeah. I was always doing these things. Like, oh, my God, well, I'm writing the dissertation. You're going to see how amazing I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cooking for you. I'm doing all these things. Like, yeah. see me. I'm valuable because yeah. I didn't believe in myself. So mm-hmm. I was always looking for everyone else to tell me, yeah, you're amazing because I never believed it myself. Yeah. And that's how we get caught in these situations because mm-hmm. we're constantly mm-hmm. trying to prove our worth to people when we should just see it for ourselves. Right. Yeah, you yeah. just accept me as we are. But I yeah. think whenever someone's not accepting your worth or or showing your true value or seeing that they acknowledge a true value, I think that the best thing you could do is give them your absence because Absolutely. when you're not there anymore, you know, what you were bringing to their life, mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff is impactful because you know, you're going to be missed. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, and I, it's just a shame though, because we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Like, see me, see me, see me. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. And it's like, then we're go home and we're depleted. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's just not for them. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to say men now. I want to say manipulators. Right. Yes. That's it's very the, Yes. It's very can, different. Yeah, they can smell it. That's they true. can smell it. They know who to choose. They know what to manipulators. say. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's it's really crazy because uh, we all, I feel like this is so real in so many people's lives. And we stay so much longer than we need to mm-hmm. and go through so much more than mm-hmm. we need to. And it's like, I, I also am like, you never want to be that girl, right? right? The woman who will take any piece of man mm-hmm. as long as she has a man, mm-hmm. you know? Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I love it. And that's why I'm just glad to have like, you know, women like you around mm-hmm. because you know, 
sometimes, you know, certain people just like, oh, well, it's better than having, you know, being alone. And like, no, what kind of advice is that? Yes. Like, no. And mm-hmm. to me, there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and still feeling alone. Yeah. Oh, like, now goodness. I have, you know, peace where I'm just alone. Yeah, that's like, what's and the I, point? Right. But then it's like when you just expect for a man to be able to be there for you and support you. And then, you know, because at one time he said to me, like, you know, I don't like talking to you in the morning because you're so depressed. <laughs> what? And it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Mm. You know, just going through one of the worst times in my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, like I said, moving forward, you know, if, if someone, and like I said, friendship, relationship, whatever, if they don't pour into me as much as I pour into them, they can't be a part of my That's life. That's it. Mm-hmm. Reciprocity. Listen, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you're not doing it, th- listen, it ain't no point. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. That brings it into kind of the third prong because you had like, a storm of stuff going on at the same time. So you had, you know, your daughter situation, you had your relationship mm-hmm. situation, and then to top it off, you had career confusion. Yeah, <laughs> the career confusion. So if it wasn't bad enough, you got to right. throw that into. Yeah. I mean, okay. oof. Yeah. How do you feel, was there anyone at your job that was able to nurture you at the time to see what you were going through? Or you really, you had nobody? I am thankful for having a few people mm-hmm. at work, but um, like I said, in terms of like the major players and um, with like the lawsuit I was dealing with, and actually one of mm-hmm. the people who used to be that important person to me mm-hmm. was actually the one who was mm-hmm. you know filed the lawsuit. So not only was I you know dealing with the loss of a friend, yeah. but I was dealing with work situations, Dang. and um, that's yeah. where it just like it just got so difficult because I'm just like you know mm-hmm. friends relationships it's just mm-hmm. um and the crazy part is mm-hmm. like my parents literally live five minutes from my job and yeah. I would never go over there because it's just like mm-hmm. I it just was like too much of a burden to bear and it's yeah. like and even still I don't want to put that on my parents right because you know my mom worried about me and like yeah. I didn't want her you know getting sick stressed or out. stressed out because she was constantly worrying about me mm-hmm. the f- the funny thing is, and this kind of goes into uh, chapter four a little bit too with the fair weather friends. I met Nicole kind of at maybe like the, not the full tail end, but towards the end of what yeah. everything was going on. And mm-hmm. I always knew that I wanted to get to know her. Yeah. But she had this person around and I just could not. She'll tell you, I'll stop mm-hmm. in mid sentence when the person comes over and be like, all right, well, I'll see you later. Like, mm-hmm. it was just my spirit was just like, something's wrong mm-hmm. with this person. She never did anything to me. She never got smart with me. She never. Why are you going to keep carrying, the, you know, this secret about my daughter? Right. So I barely, really slowly started mm-hmm. coming out and letting people know the real deal about it. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking that people were going to be mad because they felt like I lied. Mm-hmm. But no, like, Z was just honored that I even was shared that with mm-hmm. her. And, like, most people felt that. So that's why I said, you know what? Yeah. Those are who, afraid of. Exactly. And those are your real friends. People yeah, who yeah. just be like, well, why you feel like you're going to tell me? Well, at the time, we were just coworkers or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, how did I know we were going to develop into something? Yeah, so right. that's and how And it's I, also your truth. You don't owe exactly. anybody. I think when you told me and you were like, I just, I'm sorry I haven't told you. So I'm like, you don't owe me your mm-hmm. truth. Like, you tell who you want to tell when you want to tell them. Yeah, so, yeah. But that's a true friend, though. Yeah, Other yeah, people yeah. will take it as if, you know, well, yeah. I guess we're not friends. You didn't tell me. That's not. But I said, but did right. I just also <laughs> say, <"Hey, laughs> exactly. So it's just very true. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and even like how I bonded with you, it's, it's okay. And like, and I've realized that my friends have come in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whereas before I'm like, oh, you know, because these girls are a little younger than me, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, you know, I have friends who are younger, yeah. who are much older. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, you know, friends who are gay. But like I said, as long as your heart is pure and I know that, like I said, you're here for me just as much as I'm here for you, that's what friendship means to yeah. me. Even the quote, you and you did a good job choosing the quotes Thank for you. these chapters too because they're very on par with what it is that you're going to talk yep. about. But this one is like, 
Whew, quote by Oprah Winfrey you chose for this one. Lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. And that's mm-hmm. a whole word. And that's a genuine friendship. You mm-hmm. can feel, you can see genuine friendships. You know when something's not mm-hmm. right. Exactly. You know when somebody is just around because you're you doing good or you're doing bad exactly. and they want to see it. They want to um, see the show. Yeah. Right, and that's what it is. It's one of those things that I, I it was a life or death situation. Yeah. yeah I yeah. had to do it, but even still... I, at that time, I wasn't in a position where I felt like I deserved it. And really, as I was going through therapy, I realized my weight was like a shield. It was a barrier mm-hmm. from allowing people to get, more so men, to get close to me. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I subconsciously kept eating. You know, that way it's just like, okay, well, you know, I'm never going to have a relationship that's meaningful because nobody's really going to want me like this. So subconsciously, I ate myself to, wow. to protect myself. Versus just working on my mental, mm-hmm. right, and just protecting yeah. my, my, you know, my my mental space and my peace. So, I mean, I think a lot of us can um, relate to the weight loss struggles, especially because we are, in our community, we already look different mm-hmm. as far as body is concerned. And, you know, BMI, like they hit you with a BMI that's not really appropriate for us in our, in our right. culture and everything like that. But, I mean, I feel like there's so many different people who can relate to, like, what do I do? Like, what steps do I take? Where do I start? Because weight loss is difficult. Like, mm-hmm. exercising every day is difficult. Trying to find the time, especially if you're going through something. Like, you were already going through so yeah. much. Like, everybody's like, oh, the endorphins would help you. Right? Like, no. Like, where do I even get the, the energy? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes. When I didn't want to shower, that's what people don't understand. And I think... You know, people are so insensitive, and that's why, like, I was always, you know, vocal about, you know, having weight loss surgery. Because I'm like, if I just can change, you know, one life mm-hmm. by doing that, it's okay. Because, you know, it's like, and then you have people say, oh, you took the easy way out and all these things. But, again, unless you walked in these shoes, mm-hmm. then you can't tell me that. I had a food yeah. addiction. Right. I can say that now. At the time, I would have never admitted it. Yeah. But I had a food addiction. And right. it's just like, even going through the two-week process, and I was, you know, like I said, very candid how I would eat something Chew it up and then throw it in the trash can because it's just like I could I 